The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the Word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. But at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish, they had made seas of him and all those with him. And likewise, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. I wrote in the bulletin article this weekend that no matter how many times I hear this gospel story, and, I, and I've read and reflected on it so many times before, there's always something new and refreshing about it. The images and just the symbolisms of the story, of the details of the story are so rich. So let's take a closer look on the details of the story. We were told that Jesus was in the midst of a crowd. And it's interesting that even though there were a multitude of people, he was able to see Simon and the other disciples. And then we were told that he went or jumped into the boat of Simon without asking for permission. You know, I was asking myself, if I'm going to the marina in downtown and just jump into one of the boats there, I think I'm going to be arrested. <laughs> you know, that's just going to happen. That's just not going to work that way. Uh, but here, Simon let Jesus 
use his bow. How many times in my own life, in the most powerful moments where I see God entering into my life, God came uninvited. <laughs> I never really invited him to come to say uh, to come to to conquer me and say, "Hey, I'm ready." But many times in those very significant moments, it happened also in the most ordinary ways. It's just like what we heard in the gospel today with Simon. They were just doing their thing, their usual occupation. God comes to us to, in the ordinary events of our lives, but we have to pay attention on how the Lord enters. It is not always by way of like that burning bush with Moses or with other, you know, spectacular supernatural phenomenon. But most of the time, he enters into the boat of our lives in the ordinary ways uninvited. But we have to be able to have that openness like that of Simon, to be conquered by the Lord. And probably Simon and the other disciples have already heard a little bit about Jesus, but they were not yet 100% as to who this guy is. They were probably also very curious, but still having lots of reservation. And then after Jesus taught from Simon's boat, we, we were told that he invited Simon to go further a little bit, to put out a short distance from the shore and told them, put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. You know, if I were Simon, I would have probably told Jesus, it's like, I know you're a good guy. I've heard about you doing good things, but I'm a fisherman. You're a carpenter. What do you know about fishing? <laughs> You know, I've been doing this. This is my life. This is my trade. But again, we see that openness of Simon. But there is a little bit of protest in the words of Simon. Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. But at your command, I will lower the nets. He was probably thinking, well, I knew that this guy cured some impossible um, diseases. And I wonder if, okay, what will I lose? I need, to, I need to, to have a catch anyway because my wife is waiting for me. And I have nothing to put on the table. I've been out all night, so I'm just going to try. I'm just going just, just to listen. But there was this protest. Remember that during, at this, at this point in the story, Simon was not yet part officially of the group of disciples. Telling us also, you know, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, no catch. No catch symbolizes barrenness, emptiness, non-fulfillment. 
And I don't know about you, but before I have this conversion, this real conversion in my life, I thought I would just be okay without really taking seriously about taking seriously my faith. I thought things were okay. I'm happy, but I didn't realize that I could be happier if I have God truly in my life and put Him as my center. Put out into the deep. It was an invitation to take a rest. You know, deep is unsettling, as what I wrote in, the, in, in my article this weekend. The, the deep is unsettling. It's risky. It's dangerous. I, I remember my mom used to tell me whenever we go to, to the beach, when I was young, and she would always remind us, just stay in the shore. Don't go further. Don't go to the deep. It's dangerous. The waves might swell, might, might swept you away. The deep also is dark. But also, the deep has huge possibilities. A few years ago, I was with some uh, priest friends of mine who they said, oh, well, why don't we take one of our vacations, um, because they haven't been to the Philippines, so they said, in one of your trips back home, why don't you just invite us? I said, sure. So we planned, and they loved to scuba dive, but they didn't know that I don't like to scuba dive. Could you imagine that? I live in the islands, and no scuba diving, not really. Our house was like an hour and a half to two hours from the beach, so it's like going to Seaside from Beaverton. And uh, so they were so excited, and uh, they arranged everything and all of that, and we were already in the middle of the ocean, and they, were, they had their gears already ready to jump in, and they said, oh, how about you? Are you not jumping? And I said, no. It's like, what? It's like, they were so shocked. I said, I don't know. I think that's really deep. I don't think I'll be able to get out of that alive. And get from there alive. It's like, oh, you have all the gears. But I said, no, I'm just going to stay here. So they said, well, we won't force you. So they jumped into the water. And after like 25 minutes, one of them came back and said, you really have to join us down there. And I was really jealous because it was so hot also. And I was like, I, I wish I would have joined them, but I was so scared. And, uh, but one of them came, out, came back and said, you really have to join us. We'll make sure that you'll be safe. So I put on my gears and, and all of that, and I jumped right there with them. And that was the most beautiful thing underneath. I have been seen as a spectacular world as what I've seen down there. If I did not go outside of my comfort zone, I would not have seen it. But my fears was stopping me. And we, and you know, and the top five experiences that I am so proud of in my life, that scuba diving was in one of them. <laughs> it was just the most beautiful thing. But if I didn't, have the courage 
and didn't even trust that my friends would actually help me, I would have missed it. You know, what, are, what have you missed in your life? Especially that invitation of God to put out into the deep because you have been deterred by your own wanting to stay in your comfort zone or your fears. And many times, the things that God is inviting us to go to is not because He wants us to stay away from something bad. You know, Simon and his brothers were doing something good. They were fishing. They were fishing, and fishing is great. But also, it is an invitation to desire beyond our normal desire. You know, when I was in the seminary, I thought that my only thing that I, when I was in the seminary, my goal was to get out of the seminary and become a priest. I was like, if I'm only going to be a priest, that's going to be, that's it. I'm going to be happy. And then I got ordained. And then when I got ordained, I, I, I was like, oh, you know, um, a small parish, you know, with less people would be good for my personality. You know, uh, one or two masses and, uh, you know, and all of that, and uh, that would be great. But God continues to kind of push me. And then, you know, the first time I heard about, I was already here as a deacon. Uh, when, I was, when I was at the seminary, I was here. So I know what St. Cecilia is like. So when I first got a call about coming to St. Cecilia, it was during Holy Week, mind you, after being only in a parish in, in Forest Grove for two years. I, I got a call uh, from the vicar for clergy that time and said, oh, you know, the Archbishop is asking if you can move to St. Cecilia for next year. And I said, what did I do? I, and I, I really thought that, I never thought of St. Cecilia in Beaverton. I said, is there another St. Cecilia somewhere? You know, I thought, you know, it's like, I never thought of St. Cecilia. I mean, I know the St. Cecilia here, but it's like I was just new. I'm, I was just ordained for a couple of years. And then it's not St. Cecilia in Beaverton. So I, I asked, is there another St. Cecilia? I said, from Beaverton? And I said, no, it's St. Cecilia. I said, so you guys are moving me as parochial vicar? I said, no, we're moving me as pastor. I said, are you sure you're calling the right person? <laughs> and... And I was actually, I was actually hesitant. And I said, well, I'm going to take St. Cecilia if it's, if it's given to me when I'm about to retire. <laughs> but not at the beginning. <laughs> because I said, do I have what it takes to actually be here? And I'm going to be very honest with you, and this is not against the, our community here. The the vicar for clergy said, we're going to call you back after Easter and, uh, and uh, just ask if you want to take it. And I, and I prayed. I said, no, I want to stay in my comfort zone. I've been there for two years in that place. I just want to have some stability. So I was ready to say, oh, thank you for the offer, but I'm just going to stay. When I got the call after Easter, the, the, 
the, the priest was telling me, was asking me, said, oh, we just want to let you know that you're moving. <laughs> and I said, I thought you were going to be asking. But it's been a wonderful, it's been a wonderful stay so far for the, ni- for the past nine years, almost nine years now. And I never thought that, honestly, I was a nervous wreck at the beginning. I was like, oh, I was always stressed with a lot of things. But God continues to, to invite us to trust in his transformative grace, just like with Simon. You know, he, Simon, after seeing all of this, said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. I am not, I, I'm not worthy. If you knew who I am, Lord, I am not worthy to be your disciple. Thanks be to God. God does not always look for the qualified, but he qualifies the one he calls. God does not always look for the qualified, but he qualifies the one he calls, and he gives us the necessary thing in order for us to truly experience a fuller life. Guys, if there's anything that God has been calling you, but you have been putting it at bay, the Lord is telling you to trust in Him, to actually just let Him be the one to steer your boat, and He's going to make sure that you're going to land safely and experience true joy. This gospel story today is again a testimony of God's providential love and His, and His care for us. May we just have the courage to say yes to Him. Put out into the deep. Marvel at what the Lord has done and will continue to do in your life.